0: The
1: Finley. The Finley's on Mr.
0: Finley. Hey, Tony. How you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. He knew we'd have a catchphrase, you know, I noticed that when I've been listening. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I know, I don't know that we should. Boom! No, no you have a lot of your own catchphrases. <laughs> boom! The ends movie. Boom is one of your catchphrases. But I noticed like others will say, like, one, one, um, one host will say the beginning, and, and the, the, the second host will say, like, you know, whatever it is. It's I think on we there. We did something
1: like that when we first started
0: out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it was terrible. Yeah, I'll give you know that. <laughs>
1: Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. yeah. No, our, no I, I'm not saying we, we decided to improve it and stop doing it. I think we just got to find We just forget a lot. Of it. Forget we forget, it. forget
0: to say to, to people to uh, uh, become a Patreon subscriber. Subscriber. Join us, kiddo. Yeah, Let's get on there. Get uh, some new
1: interesting stuff on there. Finley's on Film forward slash
0: Patreon. Boom. Or Patreon <laughs> forward slash Finley's on Film or something. Finley's
1: on Boom Film. Okay, you can find it.
0: Yeah, definitely enough <laughs> of that. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. I was thinking about. Uh, um, I was thinking in conjunction, not coincidentally, with the films we're going to talk about today about um, 1988, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was thinking on the way over, I was about to meet you. 1988, um, I was um, I had just gotten kicked out of my house for a few months um, and I had to go live with my sister in uh, Virginia, uh, in Alexandria, yeah, just outside of Washington, D.C., Crystal City, Mm -hmm. and and it was living out there, and sort of disconnected from the whole West Coast, and um, you know, and you—I guess about that—I I was gonna—I was had just completed my junior junior year of high school, so you were in graduation. Um, uh-huh. Right, yeah. In 1988, and you know, you and I had this relationship when we were kids. We were kind of close, but you know, out of uh, sight, out of mind. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, during our teenage years, we had almost no contact. So, we had, except unless it period, was kind of fell
0: out of yeah, we a holiday gone. or something, and we would connect because we loved we both loved Iron Maiden and we loved these different things. And you could get, beer, and you could you could somehow uh, acquire a beer. I was yet, always good at getting something Yeah, yeah, I always knew guys that could get us beer, and, and and so we'd have these times. But then you would go off, and it's. Like you know, I think at that time I wasn't even clear what town you lived in. Like, was it Campbell or San Jose?
1: And it's like uh, what you were doing. San Jose, Campbell, that area. Yeah, I mean, well, well played, sir.
0: Yeah. So, so you know, anyway, I remember being out there in Virginia. This mm. is the summer of 1988. I'm working at Tower Video um, oh, in tower. Washington D.C.
1: Got away Got to miss Tower.
0: Yeah, and um, I learned that you were going into the Navy. Yep. And um, I kind of, I, I worried about you because, I mean, prior, you know, when I was like the 13 or 14, my first idea of, I used to peruse in a fantasy-like manner all these books like, that were available in high school from the like, the, the 1960s on your, your career. You know, and it's like every, like high, junior high school uh, and high school counselor know. steered me away from college because it was like, yeah, you'll never, you know. And they, you know, uh, I, they, I had every I had shown them every reason to steer me away from college or anything serious as a teacher what would you have thought of you as a student I, I would have probably thought the same thing and these <laughs> counselors were like one of them said you should learn how to operate a, leather, uh, uh, a metal lathe and you know I ended up getting certified you are a, a welder yeah I got certified in welding but it was like I had no idea that I had any potential and it, you know it was nobody's fault I guess mine and um I'm not sure why I went down that road but but um, Oh, because a few years earlier I had the idea when I was like 13 or 14 and I'm looking at these books about like becoming a locksmith or becoming a gunsmith mm. and it was like, well, maybe I should join the Navy and I got really, really excited about the idea of joining the Navy and maybe even going into something called the Seabees when you're like a oh, teenager, yeah, you know, like pre-Navy right, yeah. Yeah. and um, my brother uh, Danny the great hippie, you know, the great bearded one, um, got all my siblings together and they like harangued me out of the <laughs> idea of joining the military, uh, for which I'm, I'm grateful, I guess. I mean, it kind of burst my balloon. But but the effect was that by the time I was, you know, uh, going to be a senior in high school the summer before that, that senior year, I had a very sort of like um, neo-hippie mentality. Like, man, I'll never register... I remember register you a baby killer at once. On, did I literally call you a no, baby? No, but I think you came closer. It is control. something, because it's like I was I I won't register for and the like, draft, I man. I work at Wendy's this. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I did it under the easiest terms, which is like in 1988. I mean, I guess I could have, if I'd foreseen the invasion of Panama or something, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I really didn't have anything on the line as yeah. I was like, you know, anti military all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But it was more than just that. It was more than just a bumper sticker ideology. Like, I was kind of a, like, um, not frightened, but kind of worried about you because I knew you in, a, in a, an intellectual way, you know, uh a, a Tolkien and, and The Hobbit and, and our shared love of some metal bands and drinking beer and watching old movies. And so, like, really, I wouldn't have said this at the time, but I only knew you in a gentle way. And, and my exaggerated sense of the military all of a sudden was like, what's happening? You know, is it a... And in some ways, I guess I want to ask you a couple of things, you know, before we get started here, because sure. we're going to we're gonna look at some movies that are about the Navy specifically. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, you know, was that was that a... Uh, did, did you go in because you felt like... Um, did you feel like you had limited choices and and uh, and I'm not implying that you did or people who do do have limited choices that was where I was headed so I'm asking you was that your one of your motivations and and was it lonely
1: Oh wow, good questions. Those are actually two very good questions. So, uh, in answer to the first question, um, uh, yeah, I did feel like I had very limited options, and that was mostly based on the fact that I essentially wanted to get the fuck out of where I was living, which is with my mom, and that was not a great. We, my mom and I don't do not have a great relationship.
0: Right. Yeah, we covered this in Mother Knows Best episode uh, so three. Yeah, yeah. So I
1: wanted. So I needed to get. I needed to get out of the house. This was an option where uh, you know I, I I tried for a couple of civilian positions, and all of them, and, and every one of them actually. We said, yeah, you need to go to college or do something else, but you're not going to be a, you're not going to be an admin assistant. At our little fucking <laughs> you saw yeah. yourself as a copyright. Uh, I, 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 no, <laughs> I didn't give a shit what I was going to do, just <laughs> yeah. as long as I got the hell out of the house. Right. So, uh, so, 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 and originally I was going to go into the army. My my plan. It was really interesting when I, if you'd have asked me when I was 11 or 12, I'd have said going into the navy was my thing. That's yeah. what I was going to do. You know, like other kids wanted to be astronauts, I wanted to be. You know, I to go into the navy to be an officer. Well, I didn't quite get there, but I did go into the navy. I was Originally going to go into the army, that was my plan. Uh, but my friend at the time, my best friend in the whole wide world, um, he talked me into going into the navy. He's, Did he he went himself into... go? Well, but here's the great <laughs> thing. Yeah, because we were going to go in, and they had this program where you could go in together yeah. and go through the same boot camp together. Except when we got to we got to, we, we get to the uh, the Oakland uh, the Oakland um, place. You know, the as you had to take a test to get into the military called the ASVAB test, right? Yeah. Uh, this is it, like an
0: aptitude test. It's or? an aptitude test, right? Yeah.
1: And I, sc- I know, I, and I got through. I scored. Really good, and I was like, "Oh fuck, we're gonna do it." And we had been separated because we were in different cohorts, name wise, and so I, I filled out my stuff, and I was like, "Yes, I'll be in there," you know, inside of a month or something like that. Uh, and then, then, but this asshole, he put a damn social security in wrong, and somehow, basically, it came back with a score of, of essentially a rock. Like a small rock. Did he uh, do that? Do You think he did that intentionally? No, he fucked up. He just—I uh. don't think he was very familiar with his own social security. I mean, who the <laughs> fuck was, before you, before you're an adult, who is right? I was, but I was, you know, I was a super nerd. Yeah, were a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was decidedly not. But anyways, we uh, so so basically we so I was slated to go in, had already signed the papers, and he had to wait another month and a half to take the test again. Yeah. Before he could come in, so we never got that chance. Separated. Basically separated right there at the, at the at, during the birthing pang. So yeah. Uh, in answer to your question, yes, lonely. It was lonely to begin with. Because get... is, is, uh, Boot camp is, like, the whole boot camp experience, the whole A-school experience when you get under the ship. But even then, yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of reading.
0: Well, there's an idea, the I guess. You, 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 you gave me a version of this later on, you know, after you, one time you told me about your Navy, or the military in general. And it was, like, what you said was, like, it doesn't necessarily give you discipline. If you're ready to get discipline... It It'll help It'll you get yeah, it And keep it Yeah
1: But it doesn't give it to you. You, you That just can get you In a lot of trouble
0: And I think that the, the, like, We might presume The same thing About the military Like um, You see something like a, I don't know Band of brothers And it's like Very clearly It's a war situation But like Man you make these Lifelong And I'm sure you do Under the stress of combat In some situations Yeah But like You and I Weren't people who Like we didn't make A lot of friends And it was a small Group of and friends And I've
1: not I've never had the capacity And I've never re- I, I've never had a capacity To keep friends either like, Yeah I, I mean I left
0: you a f- few times myself. Ah, yeah. Well, I made Basket. a good friend
1: in uh, high school. Yeah. Who was a guy I was supposed to go in, but uh, we kind of have fallen out now. It's uh, yeah. and then I made a really close friend in when I was in the navy, and I had like just the one close friend. Yeah. Um, but we're miles apart now. I don't know very much about him at the moment. He's, uh, he's kind of a weird character, but he was a great guy. Yeah. You know. So uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, there you go. That was mean The navy. I got to. I got to go. Uh, 1988 through '92. I was in. the You are welcome. Yeah. for my service, yeah, yeah. just so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went down and uh, lost the war on drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, now we're, we're working Caribbean. for the, the other side, you and I. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. pretty much. Yeah, okay, well I just thought, I'd, I, I mean, I'd love to, to pick your brain more about your experiences, but I thought that was a, kind of an interesting thought I had on the way over here, because... And um, we saw the, I saw one of these movies when
1: I was in the Navy at the time, and it really sort of, it made a real, uh, made an impression on me that I was in... Uh, in, in during this review I was glad to find out that my impression was correct but we'll go into that in okay just a and second.
0: I think I think I have a feeling that that's a second movie we're talking about these both of these films were based it's on books year. by same year same writer Daryl uh, Panaxin? I believe so is a, I hope how you pronounce it mm-hmm. but he wrote these two novels um, and each of them got picked up so I'm just gonna go barely chronologically with the film that came out earlier in the year mm-hmm. um, and that's 1973's the last detail which Lasty is not detail. the movie you'd seen before
1: right was okay. correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now I hadn't seen either one of these before, and of course I'd heard heard of them for years. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, yeah, and I've heard of The Last of the Tales since forever. I really, I was, uh, yeah, I really wanted to see it. So I was glad we, we sort of took this opportunity. And yeah, thematically we put together a kind of a weird show in order to be able to do it. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm pretty happy about. it. I, I'm glad we got to watch this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's got you, you've got um, uh, Jack Nicholson <laughs> at his absolute best. Randy Quaid looking <sighs> just a big well, baby. Oh, uh, we'll talk about Randy Quaid. <laughs> This sure. <laughs> Otis Young, um, who, who I don't know, but he's an African American counterpart to, to to Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, right. and like, Jack Nicholson doing good work. Yeah, he's doing great work. He's well, like he's, he's early enough in his career.
1: He's he just got his star power, but he's still earning it. You know,
0: and it's a period of time where it's difficult um, for Jack Nicholson to do wrong, right? Because he's got he's got Easy Rider and. In, in, um, in '69, we did uh, Carnal Knowledge. Remember right. '71?
1: I didn't uh, he's already done five easy pieces at this point? I right? think
0: in '70, five yeah. easy pieces. Um, he's about to do Chinatown. He's about uh, to do um, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. So I mean, he's we're talking prime Jack Nicholson. Um,
1: he was an actor. And then
0: also, uh, we'll get to this later on, but like a cast of, of like Easter Egg characters, man. Yes. Yes. Some really, really interesting um, <laughs> small
1: roles, both this
0: one and the. Yeah,
1: actually, both of them. I'd say the yeah. other one actually was a little more surprising to me. I had forgotten about some of those. Yeah,
0: yeah, but so anyway, the, the premise of this film it, it really plays nicely. I think on on the conversation we just had about like loneliness and youth and, and the military. One of the things that both of these movies have that I think gets it
1: right. Absolutely gets it right. It's just the petty indignities of being in the military. There's uh, there are yeah. just small indignities to that to that life yeah. that you learn to live with or you get the hell out. Yeah, of the two.
0: Al- although I would say that um, I, I don't I wouldn't call I don't know if, if I want to call uh, Den- uh, Randy Quaid The central character But he's the central like motivator of the, the pivot, film right? Well, sure, he's right? the pivot And as a pivot in the film Compared with the other film They're miles apart yes. Because because Randy Quaid plays an 18 year old And he had to be a little older than 18 This is the same year he did uh, he played that small role Where he did barefoot wrestling With Ryan O'Neill and Paper Moon Right. Um, and he looks much older than that film But he is a baby faced um, Giant of a dude <laughs> Giant Um, I mean, it's not quite a parallel to, to, to Lenny from, from Mice and Men because, you know, Lenny has got is a psychopath and, and is, is an idiot. Um, Randy Quaid's not. He's just a kid. I mean, yeah. he's a kid in every way. Yeah. And we find out things about him that are kind of disturbing or about his life. But the premise is really that he's stolen $40 out right. of out of a charity box. Yeah. And the charity was the pet sort of a project of an admiral's wife
1: or something. Or the captain of the ship's wife or somebody. Somebody in that, somebody in flag rank who could—that's another thing that they totally get right—is how badly you can get fucked if you piss off the wrong person. And
0: he pissed off the wrong person because right. by stealing his $40 from from the captain's wife or whatever, uh, he's he's gonna get seven or eight years yeah, eight in the, years in the or fucking like, in, the hard, in,
1: in, in In eight years of hard time, uh, and we also learned that he's just a kleptomaniac. Like, yeah. he had no plans for $40. He didn't give a shit at all. He just he just pilfers things. Bored
0: and lonely. I mean, just all of that. Exactly. Of stuff mm-hmm. so, so you have Otis Young and you have you have Jack Nicholson and they are volunteered and I am I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm forgetting the actor's name but the actor who who it was Burt young right no 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 no, you're you're mixing movies. I'm here. mixing the movies. Okay, yeah. all right. No, right. the guy the guy who assigns them, and I forget the actor's name, but he's from Cool Hand Luke. He's the prison warden and uh, the guard in in Cool Hand uh, okay, Luke. Okay, right, right, right. Um, but anyway, so so you know they're sort of volunteered, if you will, um, but they, they they get a, uh, a per diem, mm-hmm. some sort of stipend to yeah. take this guy uh, in a planes, trains, and automobiles fashion, like whatever <laughs> right. means necessary. They have a week
1: to get from like Virginia all the way up to Maine? I think is where they were
0: taking. Yeah, them. something like that where the brig is and, and and so Jack Nichols is like oh good let's save let's save the money we'll pocket some of it we'll go out we'll party we'll dump this kid off hey i feel bad for the kid too but what are you going to do yeah, what are you going to do they, they have a real you know uh, nonchalant non caring attitude mm-hmm. and you know one of the things you get immediately from their initial train ride is, is what a bummer Randy Quaid is because Randy Quaid is just sort of like a long for the ride. It's like if, if he cared, if he were more upset you'd be more upset, but yeah. it's just another another aspect li- of his life.
1: It's literally like they're taking a piece of luggage north. Kind of like a mopey, like a mopey piece of luggage that steals candy. That's um, just what he is.
0: Kind of. And, and early on, and then much more notably later on, he does try to sort of rebel and get out of it, but so much has transpired between the two attempts for him to get out of it or, or try to... Escape yeah. that the consequences emotionally on the audience are harrowing. Oh my god. It's, it becomes it, awful. Yeah and it really and, and the thing about this film is it has all the sort of possibilities of becoming like the classic sort of like fish out of water, road trip, young yeah. kid, let's get him laid on the road type of thing and it doesn't fall neatly, even in, though some of, of, those of those things categories. happen, right. it doesn't fall neatly in those categories.
1: Right and then also they don't end up in like, you know, okay so let's get the kid his first piece of ass, right? So yeah. let's Get the kid laid, so so they do, and it's kind of a fucking weird experience. Like neither of the two of them get laid. Yeah, you know they try. They're There's like it's 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 a circuitous route to get to those things. Yeah. They aren't like this. They aren't like your standard issue. Um, you know, like a good like a good Hollywood. Well, and the, so they went and they had this adventure. They had this misadventure on the way. Right. You know, as it's well. not The Hangover. It's, yeah. No, exactly. There's yeah. nothing polished about these these, yeah. these guys' lives, and they play they play that really well. I mean, yeah. At point they go, like, let's go have the best sausage sandwich in New York City. Yeah. What other things in New York City to eat? But that's the one you go for, right? Yeah. But just... it's kind of cool, and at the same time, it's kind of lame.
0: Well, yeah, and even the part you mentioned—you skipped ahead, and I don't think it matters that we skip ahead because it's just a series of events. But you know, uh, Carol Kane is in this one also, yep. Um, and she had been in a couple of years earlier with with uh, Nicholson in, in Carnal Knowledge, mm-hmm. but she's in this one and she plays the young prostitute. And she's not a hooker with a heart of gold, no. But she's also not awful. Yeah. She somehow just understands the deal. And and um, at some point they're at a party, and the party uh, um, young Gilda Ratt Radner is, is Oh is, really? I, is, I missed her. Yeah, yeah. Young Gilda Radner might have even been her film debut. Uh-huh. It's part of almost like an est, you know, Werner Earhart type of. You they do know, just enough
1: chanting to be kind of annoying. kind but,
0: yeah. of a chanting, but and they end up at this woman's apartment. <laughs> and you think it's gonna turn into like a wild party. But what in up, any lesser movie it totally would. It would have become bachelor party or something. Yeah. But but um, Randy Quaid ends up talking to this woman and and she understands the situation, and so she's she's telling him, like, we gotta get you. Out of here, like we, we got to get you out of here. And she and he's saying, I can't abandon these guys. These are my best friends. Would, guy, yeah, and they would
1: get fucked over seriously. Well, they I would, did, of right? course. Yeah. You know,
0: and it's like, but but he, that he considers them his friends because what we what we find out when when they take a detour to go to his old home is that his mom is a, sort of a, an absent drunk. Yeah, and that his memories of the town are as lonely as the ones we described <laughs> at the beginning of this this episode.
1: I think I think if you want to get down to it, as lonely as any kid's life in high school. ever At the same time,
0: yeah. And so, what I like about it, this film is, you know, they they deliver him. Michael Moriarty from uh, uh, Law and Order, who played the original prosecutor, is in there at the end as the guy, the Um, guy who runs the brig. There's a bunch of like these little, you know, soon destined to become stars who show up in this film. But of course, they deliver him. And the thing is. Uh, what I really like about it is It doesn't have a finality Other than that, that they deliver him And they feel terrible about it They feel terrible about Getting to know him Right They feel terrible about The fact that they have To turn him in They do turn him in And then you just Don't see him again There's no him Looking through the bars yeah. There's no them Looking back wistfully All they do is They just sort of Walk off kind of Pissed off by life Because that's what Their life is kind of Like anyway It's exactly. being pissed off At everything Yeah 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 Absolutely And they will forget him That's the thing That's when yes. You understand about- <laughs> <laughs> film, is that is that they they were terribly moved by the experience, and yet they will absolutely at, move on. At
1: best, he will become a bar anecdote they tell later on in life. And
0: but they were, but the, but but it doesn't it doesn't um, nullify the fact that that he moved them. Yeah, and I, and think it, I think I no, think it's a I, tremendous film. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think this is a wonderful
1: film. I like the I like the. I like the honesty, and I mean the honest, like in a, in a, in just a straightforward way. Like we don't have movies like this anymore. God damn it! Fuck! I hate being. Wait, this old. Why, why, why do you say that? In what well, way? Because like I'm saying, like in the '70s, like there was the, there was these okay, there was um, carnal knowledge just yep. as an interest. There's this. There's dealing with adult things. Even the one with uh, Barbara Streisand and Robert Radford. What the hell was the name of? That? Oh, the way we were. The way we were. Like there were there were ways to deal with adult themes that didn't yeah. lie about them at the end because the audience <laughs> needed to walk away feeling good. About and see,
0: them here's everything. the thing, and then. Know whether this is the point I'm going to uh, disagree with you or not, but because uh, I'm I'm sort of making an assumption about how you mean that, I don't think that it has to be to be adult. Mm. It has to be dire or it has to be depressing. It can be even positive, right? But it still has to be handled as a real event, right? And and this does that. It exactly
1: does that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and, I, and like I said, you know, I, again at the risk of sounding like the old fucker that I am, a lot of movies just don't seem to do that kind of thing anymore. They, they don't. They don't let them. They don't let the situation be honest to itself. Yeah. And this movie is brutally that way. It's it is. Really, and then sort of lovely that way.
0: It is, and it's got that sort of like low stock early 70s cinematography yes. where what really matters is You know, there are some of the shots, like, we were talking about it when we saw Clute, I think, from 71. We were talking to Carmen Gefkin, remember she was on the show, we were talking about Jane Fonda's Clute. And there's a thing that um, cinematographers and directors used to do in the early 70s, and it was like, look, we don't have great, you know, film technology yet Um, we're kind of trying to be minimalist Mm -hmm. yet we need some tricks up our sleeves so they would do like weird things like a shot from across the street and have the actor walk almost into the camera, almost like bumping the camera over and it was like, it's such a simple technology or or whatever, artifice, Mm -hmm. but but it's it's full of that and it's like it doesn't overpower the story the director lets the story be the story in this instance,
1: with this film. Now I would have to say, I did Find one serious downside of that. The, the, the soundtrack was dog shit. I don't even remember it. Maybe Bingo, that says yeah, something. Because, yeah. every time, because every time they wanted like some kind of a an idea, you know a soundtrack going on, they just pull out like anchors away by some name oh, somewhere. Right. Fucking, was, I found that really fucking annoying. I that, don't want like to. Shit I don't out want of it.
0: to counter you too like, soon after saying I can't it. remember the soundtrack. But I remember <laughs> that. I do remember that. And the reason it didn't bother me was because, to me, it fit. Um, uh, Otis and Nicholson. In other words, those guys wouldn't know any music except Anchors Away. Well, yeah, but I think they probably would. That's the thing. I don't I know. know. Just, I don't know. I just found it
1: very. I found it like kept me bringing me out of the movie. Like, okay, maybe no, once no, or no. twice, but yeah, yeah. don't take like the entirety of the musical, of the <laughs> musical catalog of the name Well, that goes into one of the throughout the whole thing.
0: One of the things we've talked about before, and it's sort of like um, we have to place ourselves in the, the 20th century timeline of sophistication versus a lack of sophistication. I.e., mm-hmm. if it's a Gene Kelly movie, and it's like "Anchors away, you even without the music, you're like, all right. But if it's like it's Jack Nichols and you're like, no. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a Simon Garfunkel song you could pull out somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, wow, I don't know. I thought of Garfunkel Somehow but yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So but fuck, I love that movie. I think I it's. A, it's I, I think it's a
0: it's a great movie. Now here's my
1: here's my thing here's my, here's my thing. I'm going to say this, and I want. What's your thing? I want to hear. But it I like the second movie
0: better. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about why you're wrong and the things <laughs> that led you to be wrong. Because the second movie is same writer, same year, same a lot of stuff, the second movie, I think, has great potential, and there are things I like about it. It's not yeah. as if I think it's a dog shit movie, but it, I was going to save this for for later on in the conversation. But but actually, uh, when I was looking up Cinderella Liberty, our uh, second movie, yeah. nineteen seventy three, so, Cinderella yeah. so Liberty was same year. James Caan and Marsha Mason. And Marsha Mason. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I I got this review from December nineteenth, nineteen seventy three, from Roger Ebert. Oh. Cinderella Liberty, a movie of enormous good intentions, doesn't work for me because I simply can't believe it. From a point about 30 minutes into the film when the situation of the characters has been made clear, there's no way I can believe these people would do the things in this way. And that's kind of how I felt. Really? And and it's like I found James Caan, his performance, Marsha Mason's to a lesser degree, but also um, and I I forget the kid's name, I should look Uh, that up, um I found them compelling enough to keep me like hanging on like Uh I want this to work as a movie but it just for me it just kept lapsing into and well, now I'm not really all over the place. The ending was r- ridiculous. You yeah, I mean I it was. Tull- mm. But even putting that aside, let's yeah. just put that aside for a minute. But no, let's. I mean, let's attack that
1: because I think you know it. it for as far as I'm concerned, that that is kind of one. Of the, that's probably the biggest flaw in the movie. Oh, okay. I agree there. there. At the end there, it, it like goes down the sort of the uh, I call it the sort of the Altman thing. Like they you know movies at that time period, like everyone you know did drugs and was weird, and that was then that that's how they sort of ended. In this case, you know they come up as kind of a uh, like this. It was kind of an unnecessarily feel good.
0: It was ridiculous. Sure. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was very unbelievable. I mean, there are people who would argue whether the premise of the film in general is believable, but no one would argue that the ending is is a believable yeah, it's thing at absurd. all.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had ID cards back then.
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> so, but but the thing is about this film also is it um, it tries to sort of play with some believable things I, I mean, I, I, like, and the things that I think you would find you could confirm as believable mm-hmm. you know, this guy has been in the Navy for a long time yeah. he's also kind of disconnected from the world in many ways and he wants to connect and so in some ways like why do I find this movie unbelievable and something like Days of Wine and Roses more believable <laughs> I don't know it could be the sophistication thing because uh-huh. Days of Wine and R- Roses at some points is totally unbelievable yeah. but, but they try for the same thing which is like um, a man who He's not like good and a woman who's bad. Right. It's like a man who could be good or could be bad, who decides he's going to be good and decides he's going to keep something together, and how disappointing it is when you turn around and look at your partner and they're just not where you're at. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, the pre- I love the premise, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's the fact that it's a navy film is almost incidental. It right, could be
1: anything. Almost utterly
0: incidental. I yeah. just didn't find it that convincing. But before okay. I go into that, why don't you tell us about like how what's the premise? Oh well. I, so the premise is the guy's got
1: uh, is uh, James con gets uh, mustered off of his ship uh, for a medical uh, for a medical leave. Basically.
0: He's got a boil on his ass or on his something. Ass <laughs> so <laughs> or something yeah. yeah, I read the
1: book and the book is much more in depth about this kind of okay, thing. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's got a uh, no. It's a Great sebace- opening scene with
0: it's the proctologist basically in his asshole. By
1: the way, it's, yeah, it's just just just, uh, just bored shitless and sticking his finger in another man's ass. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, so so um, so he's given over to Seattle. It's in. Seattle, uh, to the Navy Yard in Seattle and so uh, he's, you know, he's between actual assignments and so what they do in that situation is they put you up in this barracks and you answer to what's called the Master at Arms and they come up with various jobs for you to do, blah de, blah blah, uh, and so, but in the meantime he's also issued what's called Cinderella Liberty, which is you have you have uh, every day off uh, from like, uh, you know, from first muster until midnight, but you got to be back, you know, back by midnight, that's what Cinderella Liberty means. Yep. So, uh, so he gets that and he goes out and tries to to, um, and he meets Marsha uh, Mason.
0: Marsha Mason, He's your, your local sort of like billiards whore. She, she's a
1: whore. She's really good at billiards, but he's better, you know. And it turns out that was kind of a nice little, nice little scene where they meet each other. I thought that was pretty good. I like that. Um, and well, then, I
0: mean, yeah, because what, I mean, the thing is, he knows what she is. Yeah. And and yet he, he's a kind of shy character, she's, and so he he almost gets to practice being suave with a prostitute, and she right. kind of likes <laughs> she kind of likes the fact the, that he the is awkward suaveness. He's he, her, he's yeah. a little different from the guys who just sort of lay their money down. Right? Yeah, he
1: also seems like it seems like one of the fundamentals of this of James Conn's character is he doesn't seem to be a guy who has a lot of what you call judgment in him. He just doesn't. He just doesn't work in those terms real well. So, so he's okay with her being a whore. Uh, He's okay with her, uh, you know, her her half black, half white child when he meets the kid. You know, well, okay, so he kind of adopts as they as their relationship develops. He kind of adopts the kid in a certain sense.
0: I know, but that's this is where I mean, if I can accept the idea that like. Because she she doesn't play the happy hooker, but somehow his character or maybe James Collins' performance plays her as the happy hooker, which yeah, is one thing I don't like. And then and then the sort of adoption of her, I guess you know, prostitutes illegitimate child who's very neglected by her, right, from the beginning, just sort of sleeps on the couch. She's a kind brings, of an awful person. She is in some ways an awful person, and, and actually, that's that's uh, I don't want to say that's what I liked about her, but that's when I found her more believable when she wasn't just sort of like that. You know, Charo Hooker uh, or something, yeah, yeah, right? Uh-huh. So it's sort of like, but then it's like immediately he he tries to take oh, okay. take the <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> take take the kid under his wing, mm-hmm. and the fact that the kid is black is not unimportant because it's it's kind of early '70s, sort of like that Norman Lear yeah, type yeah. of like you know mm-hmm. I don't see color and yeah. and um and also one complication that happens, and I guess you you could tell me whether it's believable or not. I, I don't really care. Is, is that they lose his paperwork, so it's like he's he's sort of like stranded on Cinderella Liberty in yeah. Seattle for a while yeah. he's doing this shore leave with I don't know if it's this film that shore you review Bruno Kirby the year before he plays Clemenza in Godfather 2 so, so this is such early Bruno Kirby they call him
1: Bruce Kirby in the credits yeah
0: and he's he, he's he's great I mean those scenes with Bruno Kirby where he oh, will not shut the fuck up are amazing <laughs> and then there's this sort of B plot where and this again is one of those scenes Eli where well Yeah, I mean... James Conn has it, been wanting to cross paths with a former commanding officer.
1: No, no, the former company commander. No
0: one gives a shit. The, the no, no, this
1: is the guy who's in charge of you in boot camp. Yeah, Those, these I'll, guys okay. you, everyone fucking hates their company. But what commander.
0: I'm saying to you, Tom, is so I get it. Here's what, I get where you're uh, coming from. What I'm saying from an me. outside point of view is that that detail is doesn't the matter the drill to instructor. anybody outside the military. Nah. What we get is that he, he's he's been waiting this whole time to, to cross that right. and it's like oh my and then of course what happens as soon as he does confront them and they have a fight they're best friends and it's like oh my god it's just like wow. it's just shoddy.
1: Don't know how strong the brotherhood
0: But sir <laughs> it's it's freshman composition creative or creative writing uh. over and over and over again things you would just tell someone not to write and there's a after seeing the last detail i i have a feeling like maybe maybe our our guy um, i forget his name already they took some liberties with Daryl uh, sure, yeah. um, novel. Was tinkered with too yeah.
1: much. Yeah, they did. They, well, they you read the novel, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, they definitely took some liberties. They
0: took some Cinderella liberties with it. Yeah, I just sure. I didn't hate it at, for sure. And it, it, I I I did. There were moments where, you know, like she's going to have another child. It's not his. Right. He's going to stick with it. Um, you know, she ends up ditching him and making her old judgments where it. it it did hook me in, where I'm like, oh, why are you doing that, Marsha Mason? Uh-huh. So it's not, it's, yeah, I can't say it's a movie I just plain didn't like. It's just a movie that just kept making mistakes. Uh, okay. I, I haven't seen a movie that made this many mistakes. In order to make a mistake, you have to be doing something right to begin with, mm-hmm. is the thing. So it's doing a lot right, but it's making mistakes. I find her strangely attractive. Now, your father, I remember saying uh, about her, freaking out. he said about her, uh-huh. uh, the last time I saw a face like that, I had a hook in it. I remember him saying that about he Marcia Mason. He a line fucking, uh, from Caddyshack. Oh, that's from she had Caddyshack? Yeah, no, your dad used to say that the in the 70s. Line right there. That's got to be a line from the 50s I or something. Right, or okay. Dean Martin must have said it or something. Wow. I remember your dad saying about Marsha Mason. Marsha Mason? Really? Oh. Well, the thing is, Tom, she's, she's kind of an odd look, but she's kind of pretty sexy. sexy. I thought, In a tramp stamp trailer park type of way for sure so what do you mean Yeah, so so sexy (laughs) she's missing um, a full set of teeth and she's got a strange face and she's a little uh, in ratty hair Mm -hmm. but she's something in there is uh, go ahead
1: begging to to, to bring out the sexuality of a young tom cat so you're still lonely. is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, I anyway. do a podcast about movies. How long well, can so I, how long yeah. Can so I not be? tell me more
0: about what you know. I'll just sit back because I've been I've been sort of chomping at this movie, and I apologize. Tell me what you liked about it.
1: You know, here's the funny thing. I have to say, okay, the last detail is a better movie structurally speaking overall. I think definitely is. Uh, I guess in retrospect, I the what I like the last uh, I'm sorry uh, Cinderella Liberty more as uh, because when I saw it and. I saw it when I was in the Navy at the time, and there was a resonance at the time, and there's a resonance that still sort of comes through to me. So I think that's probably it. I don't know that it's necessarily a defensible position.
0: Oh yeah, but I like it. I like it because I mean, I've liked it. That's a real position, but it's definitely not a defensible one because it's we all have you know, like. Why? Why did you like that movie? Well, my dad took yeah. me to that. <laughs> On the Hollywood nice. Need I say more? It's right? why I can defend the movie Big to this day. <laughs> Is I think I saw it with my dad or something after he, my mom and dad got divorced or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, come oh, to think God. of it, I, I used to take my dad to Double Features all the time when I was older, hmm. and he would love the cheesy first one and hate... For instance, my dad loved Chuck Norris movies, that The Code of, Silence, Code of Silence, but he what, hated The one? Terminator. Really? and he, My dad hated The Terminator, too. I made him watch it. And my dad loved um, Die Hard, which uh-huh. was playing for some reason with Big... We had to walk out. He was like, "Can we go?" Like this is (laughs) terrible. By the way, uh, it, much to my wife's chagrin because she hates my wife despises Tom Hanks. Yeah, is Tom Hanks's new movie where he plays Mr. Rogers? He's he's. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one. I, I I'm intrigued. I love Mr. Rogers. I really. I, just I love Mr.
0: Rogers. That I want to see
1: one. him. I want to see it because of that part of it. Yeah. But I'm a little worried about Tom Hanks's performance. I've seen some of those clips, and he's kind of a little off to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I, I don't bit, know. That, yeah. But
1: but then again, I don't know who the hell could pull off Mr. Rogers besides so, Mr. Uh, yeah,
0: about. that documentary a couple of years ago on him was I thought was fantastic. Yeah, I mean the sheer, the sheer authenticity of
1: that. man. He's so it's, amazing. It's, yeah. How do you how do you how do you copy his? You know, like, how do you how do you how do you uh, how do you act that much of authenticity? I don't know.
0: You're doing a pretty good job, my, Right now, my friend. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. All right. So we're so we're split on on Cinderella Liberty, although yeah. I, I, I would uh, say I still think it's a great movie, and I would oh. say give it. A, give, I wouldn't dissuade anyone from watching it certainly, mm. but we are agreed that The Last of Us is a great movie. Yeah, it's a fantastic oh. movie
1: for sure. Yeah. For sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my, I have the one complaint, and that is fucking it. The rest of it, that's such a solid movie. It's a great flick. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, actually, I'm working on uh, my my website right now. But go back and check it out. <laughs> sure. I should have done it in about a week. <laughs> uh, well, you're interested in hearing that com. again? Go
0: back about ten episodes. Oh, shut <laughs> it's up! It's always it's a be, work in progress. It's gonna I'm working on work his website I'm for years. It better.
1: I'm making it. Better. I'm working on your website too, motherfucker. You're
0: geo, what website? The, the Finleys on Films. Oh, that's fans. my website now? Yeah. I, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. I, I should be you, in charge of this, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <you should. laughs> Go back Take to. Responsibility. All right. While well, Tom's working on his GeoCities website, I'd like oh, us my to. God. He knows uh, GeoCities. I'd like uh, you to consider becoming a, a Patreon subscriber mm. to the Finleys Sun Film Please. And
1: if you could somehow know what GeoCities is and Patreon in the same lifetime. That's
0: wild, right? <laughs> Those things happen within 20 years of each other, I guess. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Uh, thanks, Tom. Craig great, great. Thank you, Joseph. I'm, I'm going to keep talking. You well, should Tom do Tom that.